Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 357 of the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for your best back to school yet. Today we'll be sharing updates on our own kiddos and discussing everything from favorite snacks to building a balanced lunchbox to being an advocate for real food at your child's school at all costs. Um, We'll also cover immune support for this coming school year and so much more. Yes, we did an episode a year ago called Back to School and Kids Q&A episodes. You can check that out. Uh, This episode, though, is going to have, of course, some up-to-date new content. And in addition to today's episode, we always love to do an annual back-to-school webinar. We're going to do a free back-to-school webinar on August 30th at 1130 a.m. Central Standard Time. It's going to be one hour in length. We'll have a lot of visual aids there in best practices of packing your school lunches, our immune recommendations, how to address anything from cold, flu, viral, and beyond, um, immune defense, as well as those treatment tools, addressing ADHD naturally, and so much more. So be sure to check that out. Again, it's free. You can click the link in today's show notes. Or as always, make sure that you subscribe to our Naturally Nourished newsletter. And that's where we always put these wrap-ups of episodes, including flash promos, savings, and so much more. And lastly, on that with upcoming events, we also have still a couple spots open in our 12-week virtual food as medicine ketosis program. So go on over to AllieMillerRD.com under uh, shop in the virtual learning. You will see the live 12-week food as medicine ketosis class. This starts September 6th. This runs into November and has six functional medicine topics that are addressed in addition to navigating and troubleshooting the ketogenic diet. We have a protocol for all of you listening, whether you are looking at significant weight loss, moderate weight loss with body composition emphasis, uh, weight gain following cancer treatment or hormonal changes in the body, or if you're looking to address digestive stress or a new autoimmune diagnosis, we have a protocol specific to you. And what's lovely about our 12-week food as medicine virtual program is that when you purchase it live, you get access to Becky and myself over our Slack, which is our conversation chat panel, if you will, which is separated from social media. We can dig into recipes, supplement strategies, um, addressing your questions on best place to start with uh, functional labs and so much more. So you get access to both Becky and my brain. uh, And then you also get savings on labs and supplements when you join the live program. It's just $299 for all three months. We can't wait to see you there. Uh, And that is our 12-week food as medicine virtual ketosis program. 
See you September 6th. Yes, and such great timing for all of the mamas who've now sent their kids back to school yes. um, by September 6th, certainly, um, depending on what state you're in, but um, you'll have a little bit more time kind of reclaimed for yourself. Also a really good um, way to maybe continue some healthy trends that you started this summer, especially for like teachers out there, I'm thinking, um, where you had the summer to yourself and now you're kind of going back into, you know, the... The mix of things um, could be a really fabulous tool to have in your tool belt and it occurs over the lunch hour. So Absolutely. hope to see y'all there. Yes. And, you know, also thinking of this as being a time to maintain the foundation of food as medicine changes for the entire household. So you're like resetting your pantry at this time of the year. You're really focused on that oxygen mask on you first, but there's totally a trickle effect of all household members. So mm-hmm. when you do keto and when you do a food as medicine approach, that trans sends all of the household members and is going to be the best way to support the best back to school yet. Yes. All right. Let's just have a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Wild Foods, and then we'll get into today's topic. Yes. So Wild Foods is a company that believes like we do that real food is medicine and they've partnered with us to give you guys an exclusive discount. When you use the code AllieMillerRD, you will get 12% off of your order. And in their website, wildfoods.co, you will find some of our favorite pantry staples. Anything from ceremonial grade matcha to hand harvested vanilla bean to tea blends and medicinal mushrooms. Every single product is painstakingly sourced from small scale farms around the globe. And some of your other favorites that I've received feedback from and I couldn't agree more with is the Cocotropics, which is a nootropic blend of reishi and chaga mushroom along with wild harvested turmeric and maca as anti-inflammatories and hormone modulator. And then that's paired with raw cacao powder. It sips like a mocha if you're adding that to cold brewed coffee or like a hot cocoa if you desire or to add to a protein shake with almond butter to make like a kind of almond butter cup situation over there. Uh, Great way to tonify your fight or flight stress response and give you that brain activity while still staying in an anti-inflammatory mellowed out state. Uh, Going over to wildfoods.co, that's .co, check out all of their different offerings from Himalayan salts to medicinal mushrooms to teas to turmeric to so much more in between at wildfoods.co. CO and use Allie Miller RD at checkout. All right. So before we get into back to school, let's just give a brief update on our own kids as we're kind of wrapping up summer over here. Um, so Stella is now seven and let's just talk about kind of what she's into right now and, and plans for this coming school year. Yeah, so she is a total bookworm. I mean, she's always been a reader, but as she's gotten more advanced into chapter books, now I'll often see her kind of perched in the corner of our kitchen uh, reading a book and she's jumping around to many. I think that her library tracker, they're doing like every five books, they get a little dog tag. (laughs) And I think that she's upwards of something like 47 books that she's read. And these are like 
pretty substantial, yeah. like 100 page books, not picture books. Uh, and so that's a huge thing. And then this is our first summer having a pool. So she is like a golden goddess, uh, super Mediterranean looking with tawny skin. And um, she has been like a little mermaid spending hours in the pool. Uh, so we talked about a little bit in the episode on summer travel. You know, we're doing a little bit more bio C plus with her um, and cellular antiox like we would during immune times of stress. But that's one way to help to offset the impact of chlorine exposure to her skin. Um, but yeah, lots of time outside. Uh, we got a, a fun little four by four for Brady's birthday. So we've been going on family sunset rides on the Kubota, which has been fun. Well, the Polaris technically. Um, and yeah, lots of time outside and really digging into our property this summer. A lot of time with the chickens, kind of hiking around. And um, I think in the fall, she'll be helping a lot more with gardening. Yeah. And she's heading into second grade, which I is, know. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it's it. Crazy. Yeah. Totally crazy. Yeah. yeah. Tell us the Noah and May May updates. So Noah will be turning three um, very shortly here in September. And then Mabel will be turning one just on the heels of that. Yes. So we'll be experiencing their first like joint, you know, birthday party with all the family. And the first birthday in Korean culture is in addition to that hundred day party that we told you all about and you attended. Um, first birthday is really, you know, celebrated and we do something called... Um, Oh gosh, I might get this wrong. It's either dull or or dull jobby. Um, but basically the baby chooses oh, yeah. um you put these objects in front of them and they choose um it could be a, a stethoscope or it could be a golf ball or it could be um, you know, a, a gavel um or something like that. And the baby is supposed to choose their profession or choose um they they can just choose money and that's supposed to mean that they have a lot of wealth um i think there's something that signifies just health in general um so we'll be doing that and kind of planning for that in the next few weeks um but they're both in such a fun stage um noah is so you know inquisitive and so talkative Mm -hmm. and so reflective where he'll like remember something from a year ago where I'm like I didn't even know you were like forming these core memories and and our conversations especially when I get him like in the car for a little drive or something like that um they're amazing like I don't put on podcasts or even you know loud music anymore because I just want to talk to him yeah he's so much fun He's got a lot going on yeah, and he, he does. does. He's so reflective and, and like empathetic. Yes. He was like at our pool and he was like, oh, are those the goggles that hurt Steli's head last yes. time? Yes. <laughs> yep. like, you know, and to me, it wasn't like an incident, you know, but he like remembered that yep. like she did not like she those goggles. like them. And then yesterday we were going to a splash pad and he's like, well, can I get goggles like Stella? And I'm like, well, when you start swimming, he's like, okay, <laughs> but at her pool, I can wear them and like working so much out in his head yeah. he's so so smart got a plan um doing a lot of pretend play lots of like sensory table games um baking together and just trying to make it like a really magical last couple weeks of summer mm-hmm. over here um he's fully potty trained which is amazing and like so independent now that he's like i need some privacy and goes and closes the door pees completely in the big potty on his own and only needs help with butt wiping and even pulls pants back up and everything else afterwards so all of that's amazing yes um he recently tried artichokes which i was shocked that he enjoys eating them i think it's yeah. the, like fun of mm-hmm. like pulling and dipping. scraping and dipping and 
where's the dip mama where's that dip Mm -hmm. um and then mabel is just along for the ride in the best way like she's so laid back um, but still her own little person and little lady and knows how to get what she wants and advocate for herself Um, she's about to be walking I think any moment now Um, so she's in the phase of like pulling up and standing and kind of hovering and shocking herself like she'll stand there for five seconds in kind of a hover position. Um, So I think by the time this episode airs, she can even be walking. No doubt. Yes. Because she's approaching that year mark. It's so crazy. So crazy. So well. And I think May May looks more like you when I look at their facial structure. I mean, I know I I still see them pretty frequently, um, but I see so much of Becky and Mabel. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, I do too, and, and a lot of people tell me that. And if her hair lightens more, or if it stays darker, who knows? I don't know. It's happen. it's looking lighter, like by the day. Where we were on our dancers text um, for our dance class, and I was like, which baby emoji do I pick to say that Mabel and I will be there? Do I pick the like blonde one with the darker skin, or do I pick the one with the brown hair that I was sticking with? That's um, funny. But it's looking like lighter by the day so yeah it will be interesting yes totally okay um so we asked um on instagram for a bunch of listener questions to kind of guide our episode um this this season this time around um so i'll just start asking them um so this one was from cv0528 but this was like the most common request um school lunch ideas please yeah, and people love these like simple, I'm trying to get more at it, and I will with this season and time of the year of taking more pictures, yeah. doing more stories. Uh, so Stella right now, as we're talking, is at summer camp, and I was storying what we were packing her for camp. Um, but I know that this is an area of focus for a lot of you, and a lot of us get pretty burned out. So I think the first thing to do is like identify categories and rules, and then we can kind of just jive on making sure that there's enough variety in each one. Um, But I think even before we get into that level of specificity, the first thing that we really want to focus on is that they're eating whole real foods. Uh, So, you know, a lot of foods that are, or I should say food-like products that are marketed towards children, unfortunately, have genetically modified ingredients, artificial colorants and dyes, are really overburdened in refined sugar or processed refined grains. And this is what unfortunately sets kids up to be wired for failure. You know, we're creating ingredients that we know with literature have driven hyperactivity, can disrupt blood sugar metabolism, driving spikes and crashes, which can then drive brain fog or hangry, that hunger, anger, breakout, fatigue, and then even disrupting their gut biome and driving more food sensitivity, which can have then longer lasting effects on driving risk factors of digestive disturbances or immune susceptibility to catching everything that's thrown around that Petri dish or even to driving more disruptive conditions down the line like autoimmune disease. So the first criteria is to put your blinders on when you're in the grocery store in the middle of anything and not get sold any of those prepackaged items that are really advertised to children, but really focusing on whole real food single ingredients. Yes, it kind of shocks me every time I'm in the grocery store or like at a birthday party or 
you know, seeing what other kids are bringing for lunch. But this is where it's like, you got to stay in your own lane, know mm-hmm. that you're doing the best by your household yes. and your children in not giving them those food-like substances. Yes. So one thing that I work with at an early age, um, and so this could be starting, you know, anytime when we're starting to identify colors, which really we do before age one, not that they're responding directly back, but we're starting to talk to them and point and identify colors in our language and correspondence right away. Um, But really, once the child starts to have some autonomy, this is a great way to focus on abundance and ensuring that your child's lunch at least has two to three colors per day. This is visually appealing. This also will provide likely a variety of different textures and the goal is on a nutritional level that we're getting a variety of antioxidants Uh, and so we're really looking at like okay um, Noah when we're packing your lunch let's pick out our two to three colors and you open the drawer pick them up if you need to and you can start as early as saying now what colors do you see you know and this can start at age two I see purple I see blue I see green I see red Um, okay let's which items will be like in our lunch today would you like for your fruit choice kiwi or grape and then you let them choose. Um, and this is a really great way to continue to compartmentalize their choice so that they have autonomy and that they actually get what they want. One of my biggest parenting pet peeves is disempowering your child by offering them a question and then not honoring their answer. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. do you want to go to the store? No. Well, we're going to the store anyway. Right, right. Yes or no is, <laughs> is going to pigeonhole you into that. And we trip ourselves up always because it's sometimes a habit. Um, but being aware of that in our parenting of, you know, really trying to provide an autonomy driven choice. So what colors do you see? Of these two choices, if you if you have cucumbers or broccoli, which would you like in your lunch? Not what do you want in your lunch? Which vegetable choice do you want in your lunch? Yeah, it's like saying, um, are you ready to brush your teeth? I've fallen into that. And Noah's so smart. He's like, no, I'm not ready because that's what you asked me. It has to be like, okay, it's time to brush your teeth. Would you like the red toothbrush today yes. or the green toothbrush? And you've given them back that autonomy and you kind of like trick their brain around the yes and no yeah. thing. Yeah. And and even then, right, letting them participate. Yeah. Would you like help with putting the toothpaste yes. on your brush? That's, yep. a, that's yep. one that you can allow them that freedom if you feel like they won't make a huge mess. Yes. <laughs> Until yes. you don't, then you just put the toothpaste yes. on. <laughs> Yes, we're having the whole conversation of like with freedom or, or I say with big boy privileges come big boy responsibilities yeah, right now. And, yeah. and that's a whole other conversation. I feel like he's over that or maybe he's in that. I don't know that like I do it. But like I think that this is that, you know, that two to three and that like three on is that like figuring out I can do it on my own. Like you said, privacy yeah. in the bathroom. And so yeah. there's some of that like pride already starting to totally. establish for sure. Totally. But then like, you know, with the frustration on the other end, if you can't get it right the first time, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You got a lot of my perfectionism here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're just working with it. Yes. Yeah. So stay organized in your questions and provide options that are specific and that they grade up to your child's age and capabilities. So you could ask an older child, what protein do you want in your lunch tomorrow? And if they name something that isn't a protein, that opens an educational opportunity to say, actually, those Annie's um, crackers or those Simple Mills crackers are not a protein, that's a carb. And when I look at your lunch, we've already selected two carbs because you selected the sweet potato chips and you selected the dried mango. So what I'm looking for is a protein choice. Here's some protein choices I see in the fridge as options, you know. Um, So you can kind of always toggle that back, but keeping those open and driving questions. Yes. 
Um, so, you know, would you prefer the crunchy cucumbers or would you prefer the uh, delicious leftover broccoli, that kind of thing to, to guide the vegetable choices too. Um, and I think going from there. Yes. And then I would say I would end my lunch packing with carbs Mm -hmm. (laughs) because again, carbs are always going to find our children. Um, all of these crunchy, sweet snacks are geared towards them. Um, so really focus on the protein and then the non-starchy vegetables first, and then healthy fats can come in, especially dependent on if you can do nuts in your child's school but they can also come in the form of a blended food like cheese, which would be a fat and a protein. Um, And a lot of the fats might be in your preparation. So maybe you roasted that broccoli in avocado and coconut oil, um, or maybe, you know, we're doing like salmon in the lunch, which would have again, protein and fat combination. Um, So I generally tend to kind of focus on the proteins, the non-starchy vegetables, and then um, whole food fats. And then finally, where are carbs coming from? Yep. Um, and so we have a blog up on Allie Miller RD that I readed um, last year, and I'll have to take a look at it and make sure that everything is still relevant. I think the only thing missing might be like carnivore snacks. I'm not sure if we knew about those right, at this time right. last year. Um, I don't think they were a sponsor yet, but maybe, maybe um, they're on there. I'll check. Um, but we have a blog basically that goes through each of these different categories and gives you choices. So you can use this as a matrix, or you could even like print this out Mm -hmm. and go through with your kid and highlight the ones that they say, yes, I will eat cucumbers, bell peppers, or cherry tomatoes. No, I will never eat zucchini sticks in my lunchbox. And you work on that one at home and figure out a a preparation that's appropriate. Um, But kind of highlighting through the safe options that helps to guide, you know, the grocery decisions in the household. And then also if like dad packs a lunch and he's not usually the one who does it, he can see right away, like these are the safe kind of go choices, right? Yes. And this makes me think also of our materials in our, uh, whole family program. Um, The food is medicine for the whole family. Uh, This is a virtual program that we developed now, I think three years ago. Goodness. Well, Noah was baby led weaning Mm -hmm. during it. So maybe two and a half years ago, I suppose. Uh, But this is a fantastic virtual program that you get access to for the lifetime of our website. And it incorporates uh, sections on carbs, protein, fat, so you can really understand what these categories entail, what's appropriate amounts for each household member as far as like grams and ranges and goals. But then there's also a whole section on navigating the grocery store as well as uh, supporting a taste adventurer. So if your children are dealing with food jags, they can actually watch my Stella work with Becky and I through the conversation of dislikes, likes, preferences of textures and taste. And it's a really empowering program if you're feeling overwhelmed and like, how do I get into the action mode that y'all are talking about in today's episode? I think that that's a great program and we'll offer y'all a discount as well on that. You want to do 50% off just in the spirit of back to school? Let's do back to school 23. Okay. And we'll take, let's just take a hundred bucks off just for a little over 50%, Yeah, right? That would be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Awesome. All right. So let's start with vegetables. Um, And so, you know, when we're selecting vegetables for lunches, uh, that might vary from our vegetable selection in evening meal or in breakfast. When I'm getting greens in Stella, uh, it's in the form of often salad or green smoothie or kale chips. 
Now, kale chips, I have seen at least the ones that I make at home, not to necessarily stand up so well in a mm-hmm. school lunch. There are some like by rhythm foods. Yeah, um, and like really dehydrated. Yes. Yeah. And those work really beautifully. They are pricey and they have nuts on them, um, which makes a good crunch. So just something to note if your school doesn't allow nuts, but those could be a good option. Um, and I would not disclose the idea of a smoothie as something as nourishment to include in your kiddos lunch. There's a lot of cool thermoses out there. And if you're having a hard time getting the ample protein in your kiddos on a jag and they're not doing some of the suggestions we'll get to in a moment, I would say, you know, incorporating a cool, um, container and doing a smoothie, which could get greens in and protein could be a great option. Totally. Um, we also do the sea snacks in our household, which I feel like I could consider that in the family of uh, yeah. greens. They're not leafy greens, they're sea vegetables, but mm-hmm. you know, similar mineral content and whatnot. Um, those can work nicely too as like a crunchy, salty option. And do you give them, so we deal with this and I want to discuss this, like the hydroscopy of uh, how foods change, you know, mm-hmm. when there's different foods in these like categorized bento box containers. So for like, so do you put it as an entire container with the sealed package and then you ask the teacher to open it? Yeah, that? that's okay. what we were doing. Cause otherwise they'll get like yeah. gummy yeah. or like a weird texture. Like even Stella, if we do the um, lesser evil popcorn, that's one of her packaged snack food indulgences that she gets as a carb choice. Um, but we, she gets annoyed if we put the bag in the fridge overnight because she says it changes mm, the texture okay. of the popcorn. Okay. Like it's not airy. It's like too dense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we have to like put it on the countertop and then remember to insert mm-hmm. it in her lunch. Mm-hmm. So do note that with vegetables, you know, especially things like cucumber, bell peppers, uh, cherry tomatoes. Uh, these are all popular choices that we use in the raw family. Um, and just making sure that maybe they have their own space because they will release some moisture for sure. Yep. Yep. Noah was really into snap peas last year. So we'll cool. see. We'll see what um, vegetables he picks for this year. Um, and we do a lot of like leftover roasted cauliflower or leftover roasted broccoli just because he's not as into for whatever reason cucumbers still are like not a thing um he loved him when he was does he like celery um he likes celery if there's peanut butter or almond butter on it so we've done that before in lunches Mm -hmm. um or like a fun like ants on a log you can let him make it yeah yeah he'll really be likely to eat it he's totally ready that's cool um, you could even do a build your own um, ants on a log with an older kid or with that age where you use a smaller condiment container for the nut butter and then you know they get the raisins in the side with the celery and then they sure. get to kind of do that as an activity which is fun. kind of fun why mm-hmm. not um, and that kind of opens me to the next thing of within vegetables um, Stella's been really into kebabs or like um, things on skewers and so right now they have toothpicks with like cats and <laughs> different cool. reusable okay. yeah um, um, have so I'll have to show to you. Those. Yes. Okay. So like basically I can put like a square of raw cheddar and then I can put like a piece of um, maybe in-house roasted turkey and then a cucumber slice and then repeat that order. You know, um, maybe I'll put an olive on it okay. as well. And she could make those herself. And she does. Yeah. Too. And okay. then she like, if she makes them same thing, she'll be more prone or she picks the combinations okay. and then you kind of create a bar of opportunity okay. there. And that works really well. And then I'd also say our keto zucchini fritters yeah we just did those recently yeah these are fantastic and um you know they would be eaten they would be able to be eaten cold as well um very versatile and packed with veg um and then i don't think we said carrots but um rainbow carrots orange carrots these are great as a raw option as well 
And um, this year, Stella has actually asked me to include salads in her lunch, which is new. Um, okay. So I'm going to be doing, you know, spring mix. And then um, I'll, I'm going to try two ways. One, I'm going to try doing a layered salad in a ball jar mm-hmm. and see how that goes. Um, and then I'm going to do a separate one where I use a smaller um, container and I put the dressing in there and then let her pour it herself. Um, but she loves salads. So if that works for her, I'm, I'm into it. That's awesome. Yeah, seven years old and, and eating set. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and then next category is, is, you know, arguably probably our biggest focus um, would be protein. And this is really what I lead with, you know, when I'm sitting with the kids and they're having their meal, they yes. get protein before they even see a vegetable or anything else. Um, with school lunches, you don't really have that opportunity where mm-hmm. they're getting everything at once and they could go for all of the carbs and none of the protein, right? Yes, yes. Um, so I think making sure the protein is appealing, making sure it's easy to eat, uh, making sure they're comfortable eating it, you know, at like cold or room temperature or whatnot, because mm-hmm. you're not going to have the availability to reheat. Um, so this is one that I think like I would do some trial and error with like lunches while the kids are still home mm-hmm. with you if possible. Um, but going for like quick grab easy proteins, um, like an in-house roasted turkey or, um, an uncured ham or in-house roast beef and doing like little deli meat roll-ups, or I love the kebabs for older mm-hmm. kids. Like you said, um, pulled, you know, roasted chicken, I think can work well. And whether that's cubed or shredded, depending on your kiddo's preference, mm-hmm. um, burger patty, that's just cut into, you know, little squares. Um, I think salami and pepperoni can go a long way, you know, in this category as well. And then maybe we add some like sliced cheese in between. And if they want, they can build little, you know, cracker stacks with um, Simple Mills crackers or something like that. Um, If your kid will do it, hard boiled eggs can be Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know about egg salad for my kids, but for an older child, I think Mm -hmm. egg salad or chicken salad could work really nicely. Same with then tuna salad. Uh, so that would be one that probably Stella would be more prone towards would be like a tuna salad option. Uh, and her classroom, even starting with kinder, they offered the ability to heat up lunches. Okay. So, you know, um, and then they would have, because I have a metal container for her, which we'll address that as a question coming mm-hmm. up. Um, but they did have um, paper plates, which at the end of the day, you know, if you're microwaving it anyway, right. paper plate, kind of a trade-off there. Uh, but Stella chose not to heat up her lunches. So like burger patty was out for us because she only likes that one hot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we ended up doing a lot of like chomps beef sticks and then you know yes she's doing the carnivore snacks which are awesome and we'll even like break those up into one side of her lunch container um but again being mindful of then you don't want the raw cucumber because then that's gonna add hydration to the carnivore mm-hmm. snacks so mm-hmm. i've been doing like the carnivore snacks in a smaller container with maybe just dried mango and then it's like two dried dehydrated okay. items okay. together with maybe like a nut and then it's like a cool trail mix which yeah, totally, totally works well yep um, and then like in that same vein, the epic meat bars or um, epic jerky, they have the salmon jerky for just yeah, trying to get some like, good diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the beef liver bites. If you can get your kid hooked on those, um, that could be an option. Um, perfect bars. We did that a lot as like probably a secondary protein slash fat yes. choice um, where I would cut half of one of those into little mm-hmm. cubes, but I'd also have, you know, salami or something else um, as the kind of primary protein. RX bars work well and, and those are shelf stable, whereas the perfect bars are um, refrigerated. They can get a little bit soft. Mm-hmm. Um, 
egg muffins, I think could be a good option too. Again, depending on your kiddo and their Mm -hmm. preference for, you know, being able to eat that cold or if they are able to heat things up, um, doing like our pizza egg cups could be really yummy. Yeah, absolutely. And then for the older to do like our, uh, simple nori wrapped, uh, salmon, uh, that's a really great thing that we do like in our stress busting snack video on YouTube. We can link that YouTube uh, video where we do that recipe, but that's really fun for the kids that are like teens, tweens, and they want like sushi or something like sure. that. Um, you could do any form of like a skewer of a protein. And then um, Stella did like when we were able to do almond flour tortillas, we were doing a quesadilla a lot. Um, she does not like cold corn tortillas, so we have not been doing quesadillas since her classroom went nut free. Um, but she was doing like the siete almond flour tortilla with raw cheddar and then leftover rotisserie chicken or, you know, another added protein. And that was something that she was able to eat cold and well. And then same into the vein of like our paleo chicken tenders, the almond flour base there. Um, and then maybe a nut flour based muffin could be an option. A sausage patty could be an option as well. Uh, and um, even leftover bacon. Don't discount that. Totally. Um, or combo of that, I would do like the almond butter banana pancakes from the anti-anxiety diet and cut them into strips and then pack that with either sausage or bacon pounties. It's kind of fun, like breakfast for lunch. Um, I did a lot of the chicken tenders and then the um, chicken nuggets that we'll have coming out shortly, I think on our YouTube YouTube. channel, um, are superfood chicken nuggets, which incorporate an ancestral blend with liver and heart, um, as well as some cauliflower in there to get kind of a not hidden vegetable, but I suppose a hidden-ish sure. um, vegetable or, or um, boost of veg. Um, and those were something that I would freeze and then um, kind of reheat them to like at least, you know, room temp mm-hmm. or whatnot so they weren't frozen um, in his right. lunch. Um, and he did those a lot, a Those lot. are approved by all three kids. So yes. we'll be sure to be talking about that when that comes out yes. on the YouTube. Totally. Um, And then next category we'd be looking at would be whole fats. So a lot of the proteins that we mentioned already have a fat that kind of goes with them. Um, But I think like raw aged cheese cubes can be a really good option here. Mm -hmm. Um, Pork rinds could be an option that's more, I guess, protein, Protein. but some fat. Um, Parmesan crisps as like a crunchy salty we did those a lot um this year just because it was a new like novel thing that we hadn't really served at home Um, so Noah liked to have cheese crunchies in his lunch um but yeah picking like one to two whole food fats depending on if your protein already has some fat with it yeah and then like I mentioned you know olives are a great one to add on to those kebabs uh you could do a simple guacamole and put that in a container if that's something that then they would like dip their Mm -hmm. pork rinds into or maybe their carrot sticks that'd be a great way to get that healthy fat probably wouldn't just slice avocado because it will brown Um, but if you make it into a guacamole and you do like a little piece of parchment on top they can just peel that parchment back that'll keep it kind of airtight and that should work quite well and um, for sure especially if you make it that evening or morning especially morning of would would for sure work yeah uh this is where also um i'm looking forward to now stella getting a salad dressing which is new so she'll Mm -hmm. get her healthy fat from her olive oil uh and then you know nut butter and nut butter packs um even like a tahini dip as a fruit dip um could work really lovely or a full fat greek yogurt as like a savory dip Um, And then even adding like coconut chips into a trail mix or nuts and seeds themselves would all contribute to these healthy fat options. Yes. 
Um, and we definitely have a question about nut free in a moment. So I'll, I'll save that cause you have more experience in that sure. department. Um, we were fortunate enough to be able, I asked like three times cause I was like, this can't be right that there's no restriction yeah, yeah. on any nut in his classroom. And it may be different this year because he's going to a shared cafeteria versus eating lunch um, oh, yeah. in the classroom. So that'll be a whole new animal. Something to navigate um, always. Yep. Yep. Um, but last but not least, um, we're going to choose healthy carbs if there's room. So like you may have a pretty, you know, amazing lunchbox already built and kind of forget about the carbs altogether. Um, or there might be room to add some berries or some grapes or maybe some, you know, leftover cut up watermelon or cantaloupe or something in there. That's a really nourishing antioxidant rich option. And then, of course, there are the salty, crunchy, other mm-hmm. carb, you know, varieties that I think can add some interest and some, you know, excitement and also make kids feel like they're getting, you know, a similar experience to their peers who are like opening all these snack wrappers and yeah. have all of the fun foods. So that's where like the popcorn for Stilly yes. came in, right? Yes. So uh, we do in general, like a food in a package, probably two to three times a week. Um, so not necessarily daily, uh, but it could be one of the, oh, what's the one with the bear on it? The fruit, dried fruit roll or dried fruit. Um, I can't think of the name of the brand, but we'll, we can link it. I wrote here bear, oh, bear fruit, fruit rolls. rolls. I don't know if that's it. It must be because I wrote it down that way, but just bear like Yeah, they're called bear bear real fruit snack rolls. And so that would be maybe one option of a brand that we use regularly. And then uh, I have not purchased the individual Simple Mills crackers. Well, and now she can't have them in her classroom anyway. Mm -hmm. But even before I was like, it's just too expensive. I can't do it. Um, So I always just put them in a small container myself. So like I said, the only other really packaged item that she brought was the Lesser Evil uh, popcorn packs. And those are like in the individual packs. Uh, those are the two branded items. And so we do kind of try to sprinkle those in. And I'll say in our household, we do choose two carbs every lunch. Uh, but Stella's very metabolically fit. Uh, she has really good muscle tone and she eats her protein. So what would happen in our household is if she continued to come home without eating her protein, we would add a second or third protein choice. And then we would pull one of those snacky carbs down and we would work that way. And and with having an empowering conversation. Uh, so usually she gets a fruit choice and then either a dried fruit like treat or a salty, crunchy option. Uh, And so this is generally berries as her choice of her fresh fruit. Uh, But if peaches are in season, she now likes like a whole fruit, which is kind of cool. So I don't have to cut everything. So she would take a whole apple now as well. Otherwise you'd have to add lemon juice to prevent the browning, of course. Uh, We also sometimes do grapes as her choice or a melon of sorts. And then um, for the salty crunchy, she might do like the Jackson's Honest Sweet Potato Chips because those are made with coconut oil. Uh, She would potentially do, um, like I said, that popcorn. I'm trying to think of her other. Oh, plantain chips is the other one that she does as a salty crunchy option currently. Yep. Okay. So lots and lots of good ideas and options. Again, there's a blog over on elliemillerrd.com where you can like go through and workshop all of this. Um, we had another question come in, meal prep for kids' lunches for the week. Boys are 10 and 12, so a little bit older. And I'm thinking they're 
kind of eating more and they're also more exposed to like kids that have fun lunches or getting the hot lunch at school. So I wanted to address this one just briefly with a couple of fun ideas. Yeah. So this is where maybe we could do that siete quesadilla and add a good amount of chicken inside of there. Uh, And then I think this is a great population to really focus on the protein. So like another snack with pork rinds and then maybe doing cucumbers and sliced carrots and guac. And then, you know, choosing a fruit or, you know, one of those salty snacks. So if they, you know, an option could be like blue corn tortilla chips as well. Sure. Um, And so they get like some tortilla chip, they get some pork rind, and then they still kind of get that Mexican theme with their siete quesadilla. Totally. Um, And likely this population too, we're seeing like more activity with sports and Mm -hmm. whatnot already. Um, I'm also thinking those almond butter pancakes could work nicely and you give them like a full, you know, maybe two small sausage patties Mm -hmm. with those, Uh, maybe some, you know, organic string cheese and cucumbers and peaches. Um, We did uh, pepperoni pizzas on cauliflower thins a lot. And I think that could work also for like a tween age kid, right? Um, Who is, you know, eating real food and not getting the cafeteria pizza, but at least they have a pizza comparable option. So like a cauliflower thin, um, you spread the Rouse marinara sauce on there, sprinkle some, you know, shredded mozzarella, add some pepperoni, um, or maybe you let them kind of build their own Lunchable yeah. style. Yeah. Um, like those pizza Lunchables that mm-hmm. used to exist. And I would see all my little friends having them and then, you know, I tried them and they were disgusting. Um, but this would be like a yummy version of that. Um, I think that could work nice. Yeah. And I wouldn't discount again. I, I didn't go too deep into the idea of a smoothie, but you know, 10 and 12 year old, they're trying probably trying with a cleaner diet to just get them enough calorie intake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like you could do if you have access to raw milk or just whole milk, um, so an organic whole milk base, um, and then you might blend in just organic, a cup of organic strawberries, and then literally a scoop of grass-fed whey. If you needed to add more calories, you could even add heavy whipping cream, or you could add full-fat coconut milk, or a cashew uh, nut butter, or some form of a nut butter to add more density there. Uh, but that's something like in a swell water bottle could be really great. And especially if you find a recipe or combo of flavors that they dig, then you know, like, all right, dude, you're getting your protein, then you'll be ready for football practice yes. or baseball yeah. after. And it's even something that could stay cool for like that between time of after school before the activity. Yeah, I was going to say for like kids an extended day of any sort or who have after school activities that you're like, you know, packing their whole day and, and maybe you're even for high schoolers probably giving them like something for breakfast too, mm-hmm. right? Because they have that like cafeteria break time where it's yep. like bagel or muffin. Um, how about smoothie yeah. <laughs> instead would be a, a great nourishing option. And then I think like thinking of bro foods too, like jerkies. You know, I think any form of a beef jerky would be very cool. You could also shop bars a little bit differently beyond the RX and the perfect bars that we mentioned. Uh, There might be some other, you know, cleaner. There's like a carnivore bar out there now. Um, We mentioned the Epic product. So maybe like a meat centric Mm -hmm. bar Mm -hmm. would be another thing to consider. Totally. All right. This one came from Brianna Riddle. Um, Best lunches for a nut-free two-year-old. So I just wanted to ask, um, obviously, Stelly's school went nut-free. I think it was partway through the school year last year? Two years ago. And then last year was our whole first year. Okay. Got it. Got Mm -hmm. it. Um, So any like special (laughs) treats that you've found or ways that you've been able to navigate that? 
Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing was shifting away from those quesadillas. Now, you could do the cassava flour. Mm-hmm. It's just that Stella does not care for those Got it. as far yeah. as the texture. So you could do the cassava flour by uh, Siete brand still and do like a quesadilla. Um, and then the other big hit to us, though, was the Simple Mills. Uh, but, yeah. you know, it's okay because every time we see a challenge like this, it's like, well, maybe we were too reliant on that food sure, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're also doing beyond like dehydrated fruit. Our farmer's market does freeze-dried fruit, which is just novel and different texture. Uh, so she does like freeze-dried mango or, um, you know, the dehydrated mango, freeze-dried strawberries or fresh. Um, and so that's kind of a fun thing to just kind of mix it up. And I'm thinking for a two-year-old, it would be a fun, airy texture. That would be a good thing. Uh, I would say probably if you're going nut-free, you're going to find yourself a little bit more cheese-dependent. Sure. So hoping that this individual does tolerate dairy then you know that means that like with the apple slices instead of nut butter you're doing a string cheese stick or again cubes of raw aged cheddar etc um there weren't a lot of well i will say this we bought in in freak out mode a lot of snack alternates because i felt like oh my gosh i need a replacement for the simple mills crackers so we bought anything from like mary's gone crackers to vans i mean you name it and more seed based and my husband went a little cuckoo because he's the one who like perceives the need of a snack food um and i was like my priorities were you know like less processed best uh, making sure for 100 percent it's non-gmo secondary ideally it's organic and then you know doesn't have one of these seed oils in the first six ingredients um but she just really didn't dig any of those things so like we never really went back for refills or repurchased any of those so I don't have a lot of novel suggestions in the world of like snacky other than just sticking with like the potato chip or the sweet potato product etc sure or the popcorn you mentioned totally yes. works yes. too and and I think that could be where with a two-year-old you know you still have a lot of say in what mm-hmm. they're choosing with an older child if this is like a big shock to the system maybe you take them to Whole Foods or you know yeah. your natural grocery store with them teach them what you're looking for in terms of criteria of ingredients and let them select you know three different options to try in the lunchbox and then you can kind of settle on something that they will for sure eat yeah and like the simple mills brand has the seed crackers Mm -hmm. um as an option but again she just was kind of like meh just give me dried mango so i'm like all right cool cheaper more nutrient dense sometimes kids just know you know (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Um, this question was best healthy healthy kids snacks. I feel like a lot of the options that we've covered yes. hit the snack criteria. And we do have a YouTube video that's called Three Rules for Balanced Kids Snacks. Um, so I will link that um, where Stella goes through the three rules. And gosh, how old was she? I don't know, but that? I remember like, make, rule number three, make sure it's make sure tasty. tasty. Yeah. <laughs> So cute. Um, So that's a good one. And and even to get your kids on board with like watching that and looking at the criteria for a snack, um, essentially you just go back to those lists that we kind of riffed off and, you know, select a protein and or fat, and then you can pair, you know, a vegetable and or a carb with it. So you'd probably choose two things versus the four Mm -hmm. criteria of the list. Um, we're not like big snackers, I think in either of our households. And that's something we've really, you know, worked to get Noah away from this just need to constantly snack. You know, I was Mm -hmm. talking to a friend recently and she was like, Oh, we've really limited the kids snacks to like three times a day. They are allowed to go and select a snack out of the pantry. And that just kind of baffled me where I was like, well, don't they eat three meals also? So they're like constant 
grazing mode. Mm -hmm. And in general, that's something we like to shift all people, not just kids Mm -hmm. away from, right? No doubt. And, you know, also when you're thinking of those like three selected snacks, often those are the naked carb snacks, right. which are like the puffs or the you name it. Um, and, and you want to be mindful that one of the biggest guidelines is that we never have a naked carb. So we always want, like you said, that selection of protein or fat to blunt that glycemic impact. And um, if a child feels the need for a snack prior to a meal, the first thing that I'll offer is going to be a non-starchy vegetable. So it's like, okay, you know, it, you know, I've got something in the oven. It's coming. If you're feeling like you're really hungry and you'd like to try cucumber or carrots, I'm cool with that. Like yeah. you can crunch, yeah, yeah. you can get that going, but I'm not going to give you the popcorn at that time no. and fill up your belly with, you know, a carb um, and then say you're not hungry for the protein kind right. of thing. Yeah. So like if you're actually hungry, you would eat right. the cucumber. Bell pepper wedge, um, you name it. And what we did with the snacks in our house and, and really like the novelty effect has worn off at this point, but um, when we built out a new pantry, um, we got these clear bins that we could put, you know, at Noah's yes. eye level at the time. Um, and this was a suggestion from a friend when we had Mabel. They were like, just put some snacks in there that he can get himself to like, you know, when he's bothering you and, yeah. and you need a minute, you can send him to the pantry. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a year later, it's worn off. Um, but what we did is we made one shelf with like the protein and fat options. So it yes. was like meat sticks, pistachios. It was hard to find packaged protein and fat options. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was also like perfect bar and um, string cheese in the fridge, the like mini snack size perfect bars Mm -hmm. within his reach. So he knew he had to choose one of those. And then if he still wanted something else, he could go for the other options Mm -hmm. on the higher shelf, but they had to be paired together. Or he could ask me for, you know, an apple to go with the string cheese. Um, But empowering your kids in that way too, of like, these are the proteins and it's very clearly delineated because this is the protein shelf. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if they're recognizing colors, it can be green and then yellow, you know, for the the, um, carbs or whatnot. Um, Or it could be, you know, writing out the word protein or putting the letter P. Um, I think that could work nicely too. I love that. I think that's great. And just thinking on that vein, I've never done this, but I've seen it on Instagram. And I feel like every time I see it, I'm like, that looks like fun. But then I'm like, that's a lot of choice. But where moms do like the um, muffin tins of snacks, where they like fill yes. each tin with a different thing. Yes. Um, I mean, to me, 12 sounds like a lot of choices, a lot uh, of choices, but maybe like six of them. And that's kind of what gets us into this next question on containers. Yes. Um, you know, I do think that there's something to be said about compartmentalizing both for visual um, and also just allowing enough variety. Uh, and so we both use just I don't know if we use the same brand now or whatever, but stainless steel food containers. We will link these in my Amazon store. Uh, but right now, my household is using what's called, I guess, We Sprout. Yeah, that's what we and use. And it has too. like a silicone. Is that like what it is? Like a silicone yep, kind of top. top. Yep. And um, like, we have three different sizes of them. I don't know if yep. you have the same ones. They also make a salad dressing container, just FYI. Okay. Like a salad dressing or, or like a condiment. Lid versus like a It's still a flexible. So I haven't tested it with okay. like that liquid but it's supposed to be for salad dressing i wonder if that's what i put the pistachios in i bet okay because i had a small condiment sized one 
and and so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, we've used also the lunch bots before. Uh, some of those get a little bit harder to fit into a lunch box than container because they are quite wide and um, just a larger profile. And I also find some of their uh, slots to be kind of shallow. Uh, so I I prefer the Wee Sprout as an option most recently. Um, and then, you know, we're also looking at options of like for flexible packing, maybe like the stashers bags mm-hmm. or some of those like silicone reusable options there. Uh, there's just the more simple, uh, metal boxes that are maybe partitioned into three sections for like literally your protein, your non-starchy veg and a carb choice. But then we usually end up bringing like a, one of those rounded stainless steel tops as well. And that's where then maybe like watermelon would go or something like that. And then we always send a stainless steel water bottle yep. as well. So, you know, Yeti or something of the liking. Uh, and then I would add a second water bottle or thermos if we were to do a soup or um, to do one of those smoothie options, which I'm going to give that a ride this year for sure. Okay. Let me know how it goes. I will. <laughs> um, we use the Yeti insulated lunchbox too, and we do use the mm-hmm. five section um, lunchbox container. So that does fit at least into the Yeti lunchbox and I know I will be navigating again with back to school like why do all the kids at Paw Patrol (laughs) we'll have to like decorate our lunchbox or something but when Byron saw the price tag of that he's like he's gonna have to use that till high school (laughs) but it does it keeps temperature and that's really what I was concerned about you know was was food safety um for the items that I was sending well and as you've seen Stella's water bottles and autonomy and decorating she puts all of the stickers on her water bottles and so I think that first step of decorating your lunchbox would be a great yes. choice yes. <laughs> uh, because I know that that's something that's always cool for the the big kids to do for sure um, and I would note like making sure that you talk to your child about the type of wrapping that they have of like can they open everything yes. yeah, yeah. or do they feel confident asking the teacher for help uh, or texting or emailing the teacher to let them know some intel about a new item you're bringing and asking how they did with it or you know sure. how that looked I think is absolutely appropriate as well and then yes, we refrigerate our lunch overnight and then we add an ice pack in yep. the morning. Yep. And we are team pack the lunch the night before, but Us I know too. that's a big debate. A lot oh. of people like the morning, but Who that, are those that feels really stressful it to feels me. Stressful <laughs> and rushed and um, I don't like it. Byron's yes. advocated for that a few times and I'm like, no. <laughs> and he's like, well, you could just put the leftover breakfast in there. I'm like, that's not going to be See, novel I put the fun. leftover dinner in yeah, more yeah, often. Yeah, exactly. Like, like while we're cleaning up from dinner. Yep. I make his lunch for the next day and he's still right there and can help me with the, you know, Noah can make selections and whatnot. So that's yes. my preference personally. Yes. Um, all right. This one's from Dr. Q, the earring addict. Hate the judgment that I get that they aren't allowed shit storms for B-days and parties. I like that she used your language there. <laughs> Chemical shit storms. Yeah. Yes, I get it. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So, you know, I think that this is just one. And I, I have rinse and repeat with this. Um, so last year, I had a really great scenario. Um, I've always had great scenarios with working with Stella's teachers and, you know, letting them know. And, and like right now at summer camp, I literally said, just so you saw, I said, do not. I wrote, did cannot administer the Tylenol, the Advil, or the over-the-counters. You're going to need to contact me if anything occurs and not administer anything to my child. And I've brought her own garlic mullen eardrops for after swimming. And I've also brought her no felum to apply, you know, topically if she gets any bites. Uh, but I think setting criteria, and I, I was going to say, you know, 
last year's school year, there was like a faux pas towards the end of the year where I was texted a popsicle option and then I shared said image and ended up offending people. And I think that I just want to share that you likely will offend people. Mm-hmm. Like, right? And that's just a reality of being someone that has principle against the secular norm or the worldly norm of right now the consumption of normalizing eating chemical shitstorms. And so when you have a staunch position on this and you want your child to eat ancestrally or you want your child to not have food coloring or you want your child to not have gluten or to not have genetically modified ingredients, that comes with in many people's perspective, you judging them for allowing their kids to have that said food, right? And so there is an art. I can't say I've mastered it because like I said, I have personally offended people and (laughs) I just feel humbled by it and I try to do better every time. Um, But the reality is, is that you have to thicken your skin and the battle you're fighting is for your child and the health of their body, their experience and their exposure. And that interaction of discomfort with that party mom or whoever it is, is going to be temporary. And your child doesn't have to wear that. Now, how you manage it with the conversation with your child driving to the party, um, at the party, and after the party is on you in ensuring that your child doesn't feel victimized by it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's equally as important as your concern of being not judged by other parents. Let's hear your perspective, Becky. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and obviously this is only my second time going into a school year. It gets so, worse, I hate to say um, it. I'm sure it does. <laughs> and even you know, with the, the stuff that was sent home about the cafeteria and you know how kids would have access to ice cream on certain days and whatnot, I'm like, surely this isn't the twos class that they're just letting them pop up and get chips and ice cream and whatnot. And I, I'm not signing any of those forms. Like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty staunch that he is only to eat food provided by me. And I think that's where like a letter or just requesting a conference if your school doesn't already have that set up for laying the foundation before school even starts where you're gentle, but firm. And you know, the, the established precedent is Noah does not get anything that isn't sent in by me period mm-hmm. if there are to be treats they will be pre-approved and i will either say yes or no and and you know being really sweet and gracious about it because the teachers often are spending their own money like i know his teachers got um pizza for them for valentine's day and had a pizza party and that was on their dime and i didn't want to be like well can you get a gluten-free one just for my kid I ended up, because they told me a week ahead, um, making our own heart-shaped pizzas for dinner the night before, and then I sent him the leftovers in his lunchbox, and he didn't know the difference that, you know, his pizza came from somewhere else, everybody's eating pizza, they're having a good time. Um, So the more I can do things like that, where it's like just a quick, you know, switch of a plate and nobody really is the wiser, Um, but birthday treats, you know, are are often, um, they kind of pop up out of nowhere or nobody tells you ahead. Um, That's where I sent like prepackaged gluten-free cookies. Um, And at least last year he was excited about those. So we'll see how it goes this year. Um, But like the little partake, um, they're not particularly nutrient dense or even tasty but they were novel enough because we never do pre-packed mm-hmm. cookies um, and I believe they are like nut free and gluten free and everything free um, so that could be an option where your teacher just has a stash of like three of those for a treat that comes up um, there's or, the enjoy life mm-hmm. brand yeah, yeah. which is also um, nut free so if your school is nut free for instance they have like brownie bites 
Uh, so I've had okay. like a baggie of yeah. those for the teacher to keep or a whole box um, for the teacher to keep in those occasions. Right, right. Uh, and then we are big proponents of popsicles. And sure. that's what's yes. cool is like Stella can do the popsicle which we can keep quite clean um and that's super novel because like it's from the freezer and it's like special yeah and it's like ooh, like you know she doesn't feel out for not having the cupcake or the you know food dye item yep yep the good pop popsicles those have Mm -hmm. been a favorite in our household this summer um so if there's an option of of freezer stability at school i think that's a good option Mm -hmm. um and i think for me it's just displaying the willingness to go above and beyond to make these things happen so like yes i will schedule to come and drop Mm -hmm. off his pizza so it's hot even though that is totally not in my plan Mm -hmm. for the day um or yes i would love to participate in the planning of this halloween party and could we look at like maybe one option to have Mm. for kids who don't eat food dye right (laughs) you know yeah like i came to school and made homemade strawberry ice cream so that Stella could, and taught the kids about how to make ice mm-hmm. cream. Uh, and they all got to cut their strawberries and whatnot so that she could consume the Valentine's Day strawberry ice cream without Red 40. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I think that that's always an option. And we made beet hummus and talked about antioxidants. It was very cool. Um, but I, I just, all this to say um, that you likely will get judgment and that you're going to have to think through that and your positioning and killing them with kindness as much as you can um, because it is going to come off as judgment um, because you're stating that this is not acceptable for my child to consume. Correct. Um, and it's just like with the concept of vaccination, it's just like with the concept of anything, when you're taking a juxtaposition from a societal norm, it's going to be presented as a juxtaposition. And in that sense, be prepared for some backlash and be prepared for moms. Some will go the extra mile at birthday parties to make a special thing. Some will ignore you and not make eye contact. <laughs> and and trust me, I have even dear friends that I know I hate feeling like I'm not the food police. I don't have my functional dietitian hat on when I come to anyone's household. But like people do that where they'll be like, oh shoot, well, we only have, someone else bought these popsicles. I don't even know how these got here. Or, mm-hmm. or, or oh, mm-hmm. I don't know how this snack got in that. And it's like, no one care. I don't care. You know, I'm just gonna, and, and I've learned also that I have to have the conversation with Stella of is it's worth it. And so currently at seven years old, I am at peace with the idea that she could have something with a food dye probably five to six times within a year. Mm -hmm. And I feel at peace with that. I want to always be present at that time. I never want it done without my ability to intervene or have that conversation with her. And so if she's at a birthday party and it's a super cool frozen cake and Elsa's on it and she feels like that's a worth it indulgence, I'm giving her that autonomy of choice. And generally speaking, she never finishes the plate. She always moves on. And then that's not creating like this huge thorn in her side. And she still is aware of it. She'll say, I know I'm not allowed food coloring, but every now and then my mom lets me make that choice at a birthday party. Um, And that's exactly how it goes down. But she would never get that choice at a movie theater, for instance, or, you know, any other time. Sure. You wouldn't purchase it for her it would be that it was already there and and whatnot and Noah keeps bringing up he's like remember when Uncle Jim let me have the food coloring ice cream I know I'm not allowed to have that I'm like okay well yep I was outside I didn't know that actually happened but already going down the hatch yep yep. and we'll be at the grocery store now and he'll point stuff out you know at H-E-B where he's like that has food dye in it mama so like you know your, your kids are 
more capable. Um, and, you know, Stella always surprises us where she doesn't finish the cake on her mm-hmm. plate or doesn't want the thing or whatnot. So I'm hopeful that Noah will do the same. Yes, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm already thinking about what am I going to send for like his birthday treat because it's <laughs> early in the year. Yes. Um, so last year I did um, these little grain-free mini donuts. I bought like a special pan for uh-huh. it. Yeah. I was crazy because I was, oh, I was still, I was still pregnant at the yeah. time. So I was like in really like in that nesting. nesting mode of like, <laughs> let me just make these mini donuts with um, the supernatural sprinkles. Those have been like a fun uh-huh. hit in our household. Like he'll want to put sprinkles in everything that we make. Um, but I at least feel better about that choice. Um, so I'll have to get thinking about what I'm going to send this year and like, you know, share with the front office staff and share with his teachers and anybody who's going to have to come in contact with me and yes. my, you know, my hippy dippy dietitian food choices. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. So, I mean, and that goes into the next question of advocating to teachers how to only feed what we provide. And I think that that's the way when it says food allergy or food sensitivity on the form, I write a sentence and it says something like, uh, food is a very important priority in our family's household. As a functional medicine dietitian, I am a strong advocate of only single ingredient whole foods. My child is gluten-free, food dye-free, refined sugar-free, and an ongoing list in which I would request that I'm advised anytime a food item mm. is offered to her <laughs> to have the ability to select, you know, kind of type of thing. Um, and then I followed up with an in-person conversation or a more detailed email. And again, the biggest thing is that as your child grows, that they're empowered by it. And, sure. and Stella for certain is like, we haven't noticed any deviant trends. Um, and that's what would be concerning right. it, on a developmental and behavioral level. If all of a sudden then she was trying to sneak things sure. or she was feeling isolated or left out and not empowered by it. And pretty much right now, like when she was at camp, she's like, they offered her a cookie after swimming and she was like, oh, I can't have that cookie. I'm gluten-free. And then they brought her a popsicle and she goes, I'm pretty sure that that popsicle is food coloring. Mm-hmm. I would just like a snack for my own lunch, please. Um, and so it's like, you know, she's sisters kind of got it down. And I think as long as you continue to have empowered conversations about why and they know why you don't have them, you know, Stella will often ask, how come everyone else gets to eat those? And I said, well, their mamas don't make those choices. And your mama, unfortunately, is educated to the level that I work with people who are very sick and I work with people in improving their health and I know that these ingredients are not optimal for our body and I don't want your body to ever feel like garbage I want your body to feel strong and capable and this is my best way of supporting that in your system and then hopefully that you know sticks with them into teenage years and adulthood and whatnot we can only hope (laughs) right and that's the thing is our role as parents are to fashion our children right um you know biblically speaking however you look at it it's 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 okay to go against cultural norms and um i think that as long as again you're having those strong conversations and everyone's in alliance in your household that that can be received in a positive way all right let's move on from um food talk and talk immune health a little bit so this question was i am dreading the back to school sickness i feel like they finally caught a break in the summer how do i support Mm. their immune systems going into this school year i feel that a hundred percent like oh i'm not running around wiping a snotty nose like every day it's (laughs) still you know once a week, whatever, but um, here and there, but not the like daily, weekly, you know, come down with something else every Thursday night or something going into our weekend. Yes. Well, and that's the prime age. You're in that prime, prime time. Uh, So, you know, the first thing we think of is keeping the nasal passages clean. 
And so we're also hoping to keep the nasal passages moist. Uh, we know that especially as we get into cold flu and viral season, if in-home heating is turned on, that this really tends to dry out the nasal passage, which allows for more adherence of viral particle, which can create more replication or basically allow that virus to kind of set up camp, if you will, in that area. Uh, and so when we're looking at infection, we're really looking to ensure that we're using something like a nasal rinse, like the X-Lear would be appropriate, um, or there's different forms of like clean saline sprays that have a little bit, you use that one in like the can. Yeah, the Frida one has a can that I've just found does more of like a rinse, where okay. it's almost like, you know, akin to a neti pot. Okay. Um, just for littler kids, I found that to be easier for Noah and Mabel, and I have their individual ones like labeled with yeah. their names and whatnot. Yeah. So this could be something that you do proactively, like give them a spray prior and after school to keep things moving. Um, and that should also reduce mucus and phlegm. Sure. And then if they're actually dealing with an infection, you'd want to use this much more readily. And of course, at, at early as you can, start to encourage healthy nasal blowing. So this can be practiced in the bubble bath or now as we're rolling out the summer still um, in the pool uh, as early as age two, really, of teaching them to seal their lips and blow through their nose um, and move the Kleenex with their nose, et cetera, so they're able to clear up any debris, which could create more of a severity of infection. And then we're looking at adding in antioxidant support to support on an antiviral level and also on an immune enhancing level. So BioC plus and cellular antiox are huge key components. Um, that I would mix a capsule of each into raw honey, especially if there's something in the upper respiratory um, and uh, like lung congestion, that NAC in the cellular antiox is an expectorant, really helps with phlegm and mucus. And this is the big one that we saw huge outcomes with, with COVID in particular and spike protein regulation. Uh, so that's one that's definitely something that we bring up. Um, and just a capsule of that with BioC plus is a great thing on a spoon. Um, and then I look at also supporting immunoglobulins in general, especially if your child is immune compromised, meaning that they're catching everything on the block um, and or your child has shown symptoms of skin conditions, especially in the younger ages or um, respiratory stress like asthma. Um, so dermatitis, asthma, or immune issues, as well as gut concerns, uh, getting the GI immune builder and starting that like August through March would be mm -hmm. really appropriate for those particular kiddos. Um, and there's a scoop in there. This is immunoglobulins that actually prime our GALT or our gut-associated lymphatic tissue to have a better response to bacteria and virus, as well as regulating our reactivity even to antigen compounds in foods. So reduces food sensitivity so again especially in the population where we're seeing GI stress etc um, but during any time of a viral infection it basically teaches your immune army to turn on appropriately and get rid of the infection yes um, we've been mixing that one into Noah's yogurt actually he seems to like it that way um, so doing that the BioC and the cell antiox and then I let him squeeze the honey because autonomy mm -hmm. <laughs> almost three-year-old and he will take that down and then ask for more of his special yogurt so 
feeling good about that, like ramping into school season. Yeah. And then the GI immune builder can also be added even into breast milk. Um, so even if you have not started baby led weaning, mm-hmm. but you have like a four to six month old, or I mean, even younger baby and your toddler is going back to school and bringing right. everything yeah, yeah. home. This is something that you could even prime from, you know, infant onward, uh, to really help your baby to be less immune compromised. And then, um, again, it could be even mixed in with like a tablespoon of nut butter or in a smoothie. Sure. Yep. Um, and then our elderberry plus formula, I would say that's another one like for seasonal support that we for sure want to have in the medicine cabinet yes. um, for, you know, times of exposure. So it can be used, you know, kind of preemptive a couple times a week. Um, tastes good enough. I think most kids will will take it down a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. And then during times of, you know, acute illness, or maybe we have travel and we're around sick people or something like that, um, brought up in a, in a higher level a couple times a day. Yeah. I think elderberry plus is a absolute immune season essential. So make sure that if you're listening to this and you don't have it in your medicine cabinet, you go get you a bottle. Uh, it has a combination of herbs like astragalus in addition to medicinal mushrooms. Uh, and then of course, elderberry. And so there's a really good triad synergy of effect there on immune function modulation. So we've seen upregulation of natural killer cell activity. We've seen a better expression of our T cells and B cells, which means a more strong prolonged immune defense and then less immune, um, less immune uh, susceptibility in the future. So a real good rebound and recovery. And we've seen great outcomes with anything from influenza to respiratory tract infections um, to various viral and bacterial infections. So the um, elderberry plus would be a great thing to consider as well. Yeah. Um, and then in that same vein of like as needed for illness and just what to have on hand, I would say the herbal ginger syrup um, as a sore throat and cough remedy. We've gone through several bottles of this in our household with some like summer cold and respiratory um, stuff. I love adding it into um, tea to make kind of like a ginger tea yeah um, and Noah's finally like over the spiciness of it where he's like okay I'll take it um, <laughs> that's at spicy. first he's like that's that's spicy mama yeah um, it's just gingery and maybe he's noticing that it helps it's yeah. so interesting yeah, yeah. how early they'll be quite intuitive yeah um like Stella will be like oh I need some more of that vitamin d please mama yep um so yes the herbal ginger syrup I think of for sure sore throat cough that uh lovage in there is fantastic to kind of coat and protect the ginger is an expectorant and then wild cherry bark has been shown to actually suppress cough. Uh, We have talked, I guess, on social and maybe in a past podcast. um, Oh, we definitely have a YouTube on it. Um, We'll link that on cough syrups. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I just want to call out when you are adding our herbal ginger syrup and the elderberry plus to your medicine cabinet, be sure that you pull out the Tylenol cold and flu (laughs) and the child Robitussin and or whatever over the counter cough or fever suppressant that you have out there. Um, I will send you over to our YouTube to watch why, but basically these can have stimulants. They can cause um, psychoactive responses. They can drive cardiovascular issues and so much more. Um, So you are much better at working with more of a food as medicine approach with herbal and natural ingredients that are still clinically effective and safe. Super important there. Yes. And so just get a bottle of that to have on hand because you don't want to be caught with your pants down and like staring at the the Tylenol cold and flu and you're like, I can't give this either. Um, So I think that's a really good option. Um, Incorporating bone broth, you know, 
now um, just as an immune and gut supporter and then having that always on hand, you know, in your deep freezer for times of illness or maybe taking the time to like make some bone broth popsicles. Yeah. Again, now before the kiddos are actually sick. Um, so using our elderberry syrup in uh, a bone broth popsicle, I think could love work it. well. Even the herbal ginger syrup, I think could go well in a popsicle. Love it. Love it. Awesome. So uh, we will be covering a little bit more seasonal immune support in our free back to school webinar. Again, that's going to be on August 30th. That's a Wednesday at 1130 Central. We'll put the free link to join that uh, in the episode write up. Uh, final question on just kind of like wellness supplements since yes. we're talking about supplement strategy. Uh, Allison asks, what supplements do you recommend for kids going back to school? Yes. Um, so beyond the ones that we just mentioned that are more um, immune focused and kind of pulsed as needed, um, I would lead you to the Kids Essentials Bundle, which was created for just this reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so that bundle is going to contain kind of all of the daily wellness formulas, Uh, the kids biotic, which is our chewable probiotic, a lacto and bifido blend. Um, And actually those strains have been shown to reduce incidence of rhinitis and sick days. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Let's take that. Yep. Um, Our multi avail kids, which is a chewable methylated multivitamin, our EPA DHA liquid, which we added to that bundle, I guess, a year ago or mm-hmm. so, um, you know, in keeping with back to school last year. Um, and then our vitamin D balanced blend liquid, which can be taken as a daily foundation. And then I always pulse that one up to in times of illness. Absolutely. I think those are all daily essentials. And then, you know, you would layer on either that elderberry plus the herbal ginger syrup and or the bio C plus and uh, cell antioxidants as needed for that immune boost. And then that GI immune builder should really be strongly considered for those of you listening. If again, your child has shown food sensitivity, respiratory stress, or immune susceptibility. Uh, I think that that would be a foundational staple in addition to this kids essentials bundle. Yes. Totally. All right. I think we've done it and we've hit all the back to school questions. I'm sure we will get more in that free webinar. So be sure to go to the link in today's show notes to sign up. And then if you want a deeper dive now, uh, before school actually rolls out, you can also save $100 on the Food is Medicine for the Whole Family program with the code back to school 23. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.